Sun, beaches, and Latin-inspired flavors are what people around the world call their vacation paradise. We call it home. Welcome to the weekly podcast that captures it all, The Scoop on Miami. Let's discover and rediscover Miami together with Ernie Emad, a 54-year resident of the Magic City, and Miami native Lenny Rada on The Scoop on Miami. And now, here's Ernie Emad and Lenny Rada. Welcome to The Scoop on Miami, just a couple of minutes after one o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us every single week. We have a fantastic program. We're live from our studios in Coral Gables. I'm Ernie Emad, and I'm the broker owner of One Premier International and also the host of The Scoop on, on Miami. And I'm standing alongside my co-host today. I'm Lainey Rada, Leading Edge Broker Associate with Douglas Elliman. Fantastic. So, Lainey, how was your week? Hustling. Hustling? <laughs> a little more relaxed this week than last week? Oh, a little bit, but it was it was very hot. It's very hot here. Yes, it is very hot. You are not kidding. So we start every week with a inspirational quote. And Lainey, I know, has an inspirational quote for us. And what's today's inspirational inspirational quote? This is from Zig Ziglar, one of the oldie but goodies. He's been gone for, for a while, but his, he left his mark. People were designed for accomplishment, engineered for success, and endowed with the seeds of greatness. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. You are not kidding. Mm -hmm. So you had a good week. It was a little more relaxing than last week. And you had your birthday. I did have my birthday. I'm a year older. Um, <laughs> tried to relax, but uh, did work around the house. Yes. <laughs> did a lot of lawn work and uh, yard work and pulled weeds and kind of escaped for a few hours that turned into about six or seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> then I went in the pool and we had a good time. So um, absolutely. We have a great show for you. Who's on the program today, Lainey? We have two really unique people that have a lot of talent packed into them. And uh, we're going to hear all about that and see them together. We have uh, uh, Sasha Olson and we also have Dmitry Zhitov. Yep, Dmitry Zhitov took our pictures. We just got our proofs uh, over the last couple of days. And now it's the tough part is um, actually making a decision on which pictures to choose from, and then they'll get those uh, corrected and so forth. And, uh, uh, and then we'll uh, share those pictures with you because one of them is going to be for our cover. Yes. We had a great time because we took advantage of the location. We shot this in a, it's a hair salon actually, where they did our makeup. And then we also had uh, the pictures taken after we did the interviews. So it was a, a, a big day. It, it went on and on and on. It was actually Dimitri's pop-up uh, studio, studio because mm -hmm. he do, does this once a month uh, yes. uh, on a portrait Saturday day. and a Sunday, Portrait Day Miami, mm -hmm. and it's a it's a great event. And uh, look him up; you're going to have all the information about mm -hmm. him. And he's a very talented person. Yes, correct. Yes, they both have a lot of follow up information for you. So we're going to start off with uh, Sasha. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's go ahead and. Uh, well, we're going to do the the. In the oh, we want to do that? Okay, I perfect. Guess, so yes. then we'll do that uh, next. So 
<laughs> we start with the Miami Rewind, where we take you back to a little bit of history of when something got started here in Miami. And Lainey always has something spectacular for us. And Lainey, who do you have today? Well, it's a... Or what, actually? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big building on a big piece of property on a very famous street on Ocean Drive. So you can hear more about that and hopefully you'll hear something that you didn't know. Let's go with Miami Rewind with Lainey Rada. It's time to take a look back with Lainey Rada. With Lainey Rada. Miami, Miami Rewind. There is a villa named Casa Casarina at 1116 Ocean Drive in Miami Beach. For the last 28 years, it's been commonly known as Versace's house. This property has a storied history. One of only two private residences on Ocean Drive, it was built in 1930 by the architect, author, and philanthropist Alden Freeman. His father was the treasurer for Standard Oil that Rockefeller founded. He was heir to his father's fortune at the age of 27. Legend has it that the name of the villa is an homage to a lone tree that survived the hurricane of 1926. It was an Australian pine. That's botanical name is Casarina esquisetifolia. The house is Mediterranean revivalist architecture. Alden quit architecture to travel the world. He was a descendant of the Mayflower on his mother's side, so he loved Christopher Columbus. He went to visit Alcazar de Colón in Santo Domingo, known for being one of the best homes in the hemisphere. This inspired him so much that he brought back two bricks. One is at each of his residences. This one is at the right-hand side of the main entrance. On his trips, he met many fascinating people and invited them back to stay at the house, along with locals that were part of his bohemian lifestyle. The foundation is laid with original key lime coral. Part of the original design was designed by Addison Meisner, the interior designer who was prominent in Palm Beach. After Alden died in 1937, it was sold to Jacques Amsterdam for $100,000 and converted to 24 apartments. They changed the name to Amsterdam Palace. My dad lived in one of the front apartments with an ocean view for some time. In the many years, the building fell into disrepair. In 1992, Versace was walking by and fell in love with the architecture and one special statue of a kneeling Aphrodite who was there to welcome people with love since day one. Versace bought the house for $2.95 million. He also bought the Revere Hotel next door for $3.7 million. With great opposition, he raised the building to add his garden, pool, and south wing. He had plans to buy the Victor Hotel to the north to make a bigger garden. He spent three years renovating the house for $32 million more and only lived there for five years before his assassination. He redid the 24 apartments, added 10 large suites and an observatory. Two rooms are made entirely of seashells. There are walls of pebbles and mosaics and he had many secret doors. Versace was obsessed with Greek and Roman mythology. His most recognized symbol is his Medusa medallion. 100 medallions are installed on the walls that include Lenin, Mussolini, and Julius Caesar. 
The Medusa in the pool is the largest medallion in the whole house. It was broken in pieces and shipped in numbered segments from Versace's house in Calabria, Italy. It contains thousands of 24 karat gold tiles. It is called the 1000 Mosaic Pool. The whole house overflows with opulence from Versace's touches. After three years that the house sat empty, his sister auctioned off $28 million of contents and sold the house for $19 million to Peter Lofton, a telecommunications magnate. He used it as his residence, a hotel, and a private club from 2001 to 2009. Then Barton G., whose Barton G. restaurant, Barton G. Weiss, took over by leasing it and adding his signature style. In 2013, a Florida business connected to Jordash made the winning bid at an auction for $41.5 million. There are many more symbols throughout the house that have significant meaning to all the owners. The respect for this property and attention to detail is everywhere. A remarkable amount of historical decoration remains. The original character speaks for itself. Casa Casarina is the third most photographed home in America after the White House and Graceland. Today, the only way to enjoy the grandeur is to dine there or sleep over. Feel like royalty any way you can get it. Aphrodite is still there waiting for you. That's the scoop. You got something you want to say about uh, that famous building that went for so much money if she had just hung on to that building a little longer? Oh, I knew you were going to notice that. <laughs> Realtor minds. <laughs> yes. Um, well, you know, the market changes a lot. And it, it's such a unique property. It was uh, always challenging to find a buyer. I, imagine the last sale sold at auction. So you never know. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, and it is a big part of the South Beach history. I think pretty much everybody goes by there and takes their picture in front of those gates. <laughs> so we're going to introduce you to our first guest today, and she is Sasha Olson. And before we say much about Sasha, um, let's go ahead and um, find out everything about Sasha Olson. My name is Sasha. I'm 10. My story might make you really, really sad. But with your help, I hope it will have a happy ending. My whole life, I have lived by the ocean, which is the best thing ever. I always got to make sand castles and play with seashells during the day. My favorite time to go to the beach was in the evening because all the beautiful sea creatures would come out to say hello. But not so much anymore. Now I see how dirty the ocean is and I feel like except for me, nobody sees it. This summer, I was a lucky girl. I got to travel through Asia and one of the countries was Vietnam. The beach was like nothing I ever seen before. So calm and quiet. It's so sad because what I saw next ruined it for me. There I saw with my own eyes a mountain of plastic trash 
floating towards me. The locals explained to me that this was coming from Cambodia and nearby other Asian countries. I couldn't believe it. I was so upset because the ocean is being used as a trash can. Knowing this, I couldn't sleep at night. I asked my parents a million questions about this problem. It just hurts my heart so much to see my favorite part of our world in pain. So I decided we have to help. There's just no way we can let our oceans suffer this way. I already have a huge collection of cans flip-flops, plastic cups, plastic utensils, and so much more that people have left on the beach. How can it be that I have a whole collection of plastic trash just from the ocean? Why have we let it come to this? I can't understand why people are doing this. Why do we kids have to swim in this trash? And can you believe that eight million pieces of plastic are thrown into our ocean every year? This is unbelievable. I know that we can do things to minimize this number by a lot. At least I know us kids can. We need to make the ocean a cleaner place. Do you want a clean ocean? should have plastic free day. Kids, please talk to your parents and help them make these habits. I know sometimes it can be hard because parents are always busy. So it is our responsibility to remind them every day. Do you want to swim in the ocean among trash? ready to see more trash in the ocean than fish? Are you prepared to take on the responsibility to take care of the ocean? If you are, then share your stories about it.
I'm Lainey Rada with The Scoop on Miami. I'm here with my co-hosts. And I'm Ernie Emad, the broker owner of One Premier International, and welcome. Welcome. We're here in, in a different location today. We're here with Sasha Olson, and we're here with Dmitry Zitov. The, we're in his studio. So we have a few questions here. We're going to introduce first Sasha Olson. She's a resident of Bell Harbor. She has many talents to share. She's a pianist, an artist, an author, speaks multiple languages, an award-winning ballroom dancer, an activist with her own nonprofit organization. She's a big sister and an 11-year-old student at Pinecrest School in Fort Lauderdale. Her most persistent quality is asking a million questions. <laughs> Today, we have some questions for her. So, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. How about you? <laughs> no. I'm feeling great. Don't forget how to hold the microphone, okay? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Where are you from originally? I'm from Miami, and I love living here because it gets to grow up right by the beach. You? Where were you born? I was born in Ukraine, but I lived there. Okay, we gotta do this for only one year, so I consider myself from Miami. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Now we have we have a corrected answer. Uh, what do you feel is your most unique interest or hobby? Because you have a lot of things going on. I have a lot of hobbies, but my most unique one is making dolls out of my sister's socks. And I also use my <laughs> old stuffed animals to take the stuffing out and put them in the dolls. And I'm planning to donate many of them to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Oh, beautiful. Spectacular. Okay, Dimitri has a question for you. I do, Sasha. Shall I speak Russian? Because Sasha yes. speaks so many different languages, guys. She speaks perfect English. I mean, she's <coughs> almost born in America, right? <laughs> perfect Spanish. How do, how do you speak Spanish? You learned it at school? No, yo lo aprendí con mi profesora de español. Wow, guys. And she speaks perfect Ruski. Ты говоришь по-русски? Да, я хорошо очень говорю по-русски. Sasha. Ты танцуешь. Какой твой самый любимый танец? Мой самый любимый танец это самбо, потому что он очень энергичный. Wow, she said that she loves to dance samba because it's very energetic, all right? Or energetic was the right word. <coughs> okay, and what is your inspiration? Let's say that I'm inspired by maybe famous photographers or filmmakers as a filmmaker. I watch the films and I look at the photographs, go into the museums. What about you? What's your inspiration? Ну так как у меня учителя чемпионы Blackpool, мой inspiration это мои учителя. Wow, and actually I, I spoke English <laughs> towards the end of the day. I was supposed to speak Russian, but I spoke English. Okay, one more in Russian. Саша, скажи мне, пожалуйста, какое твое любимое время года и почему? Мое любимое года это любимое время года это наверное лето, потому что я могу ходить на пляж время, потому что у меня нет школы и у меня есть больше времени заниматься танцами и играть на рояле. Here we go. Спасибо большое. Well, what did she say, Dimitri? <laughs> That's good to stay only with us. <laughs> I asked right. her what's her favorite season, and she said my favorite season is summer because she can walk to the beach, she can dance, she can play mm -hmm. her instruments, she can sing, she can create her art. I think that's what you said, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you <laughs> so much. Okay, you thank need to come so back much. to the microphone. Thank you. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about Sasha's um, organization, which is uh, very unique for an 11-year-old to have a foundation, and it is called I Want My Ocean Back. 
What is your movement about? My movement about, um, my movement I want my ocean back is about my love for the ocean and how we could show it through our hobbies like art, dance, and even music. And I want to know, I want kids to know that the ocean needs our attention because it's really suffering right now. And ocean pollution is a big problem and I'm on a mission to help stop it. How did you get inspired to begin this? Well, when I was in Asia, I saw a lot of plastic floating in the ocean. I didn't really realize it before then until I came back home and I saw the same thing. So then I thought, what can I do to help? And one day I told my parents, I want my ocean back and the idea was born. And that's how I started this nonprofit. And I want the kids to know that we don't have to wait for the adults to take action. Because now the beaches have reopened and we have been going to the beach with my family and finding a lot of trash. We found balloons, bottle caps, and even fishing nets floating around with us. But who wants to swim with trash? I don't want our future generations to be swimming with trash like my sister. So we need to solve this problem urgently. Okay. That's, a, that's just touching. It, it really is. It's, it, it's beautiful. So uh, in touching on some of your other languages, let's talk Spanish, right? Okay. So let me ask you. ¿Cuáles fueron algunas de las acciones que tú tomaste para soportar tu causa? Yo he organizado limpiezas de playa con mis amigos. También he escrito un libro y he dado entrevistas a personas para saber qué piensan. También fui a la oficina del Mayor Grisman para saber cómo podemos tener un ciudad mejor. That's a fantastic. Uh, it, it's just you are just an incredible uh, young lady. Thank you. How would you tell all students to set up a nonprofit if you were going to help students do something like mm -hmm. you did? What kind of advice would you give them? Well, first, they definitely need to think of an idea, like what do they want to change? Then they should get their friends and family involved to get some support. Then they could start planning events and then they can collaborate, like I collaborated with Clean Miami Beach, also a nonprofit organization. That's beautiful. That's great to know. I really wanted to know about that. Thank you. And who would you like to meet that you think could help you? I would really like to meet Ellen because I think she would love to see what I'm doing. And she's a big inspiration to me. I actually also dressed up as her for my other project, Legends for Mom's Closet. And she actually has a wildlife fund for um, endangered animals, and I think that's also pretty amazing. We have to make sure that L&D receives this. We actually, Lainey, uh, read a beautiful quote this Friday from Ellen DeGeneres mm -hmm. um, uh, towards the end of Pride Month, and, and so that was a wonderful quote. That's beautiful, Sasha. Thank you. Yes, um, on Sasha's uh, Instagram pages, she made a studio like Ellen's studio, and she interviewed herself in the position of one of her characters, which is a perfect segue to lead me to the next thing that Sasha is working on. Well, she's already worked on it, but the next thing that Sasha does is, um, she, this is the book that, that Sasha just published in May. And it's called Legends from Mom's Closet. So we wanna talk about your book. And now we have a question from Dimitri. And again, in the Sashinka, Skaji, anybody called you Sashinka? Mm -hmm. It's a, mama. It's mama. It's very, you know, you call, it's a cute way mm -hmm. to, to name Sasha, like me, mm -hmm. Timochka. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Sasha, what did you do to work on this unique project? 
Ну, так как я знаю, что очень много мусора в океане, я не хочу использовать новую одежду. Мне кажется, что это очень плохо покупать одежду и потом выбрасывать ее в океан. Ну, я зашла к маме в гардероб. Я уже не помню, как это случилось. Ну и я нашла для Фриды Калу, я прочитала книжку про Фриду Калу, и я нашла очень яркое платье, я оделась в него, и пришла точно такая же, как Фрида Кала. И всем очень понравилась эта идея, и мы решили превратить это в проект. Вау, это интересно. She sees a lot of clothes thrown away, right? We buy clothes, what we do, we throw them away. Kids don't want to wear somebody else's clothes, their sisters or their moms. So one day she went to her mom's closet and she found this beautiful dress and she created Frida Kahlo's image. <laughs> Look, it looks fabulous, it looks amazing. And she yep. says, why not? I can wear my mom's clothes, I can wear my mom's dresses, my sister can wear my dresses, I'm mm -hmm. going to inspire my little sister. And people should just reuse recycle and rewear. Mm -hmm. That's what actually she said, right? Mm -hmm. Great job. That's what right. we should all do. It's fantastic because it not yeah, only uh, reaches the oceans and things that can really help the world, but also you're turning it into a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and uh, is it Ernie? It is my turn, absolutely. <laughs> so let me ask you, out of all these characters, which was the most challenging and why? Marie Antoinette, because her hairstyle was <laughs> really big as well as from the 1800s. It was really hard to make, but luckily I had some hope, and then everything else just fell together. I went into my mom's closet, obviously, and I found the perfect dress, and the rest was easy. It was just the hair. It's beautiful. And by the way, uh, we're going to have that posted, uh, that picture, so people can see it. Um, in your research with characters, what was the most surprising? Um, la, la that was supposed to be in Spanish. Oh, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. So why don't you answer it in Spanish? No, ask it again in ask Spanish. In Put Spanish. him to work. Sobre todo la información que tú pudiste coger, ¿cuál era lo que te sorprendió lo más? La persona más sorprendida era Audrey Hepburn porque ella quería ser una bailarina. Pero tenía problemas en su salud y se hizo una actriz. Y también Marie Curie, porque ella era la única mujer a ganar dos premios novelas, uno en física y el otro en química. Increíble. Gracias. Mm. Definitivamente. ¿Y qué tiempo te tomó para escribir este libro? You can say that in English. Yes, was, yes you can switch that in Absolutely. English. How, how long did it take to complete the book? It took me six months to put everything together because it, I had a lot of ideas and I wanted to make the best book possible and to make it look just fabulous. <laughs> but also the printing and to get the book shipped, it took some time. So we got it published in a little bit less than a year. Okay. Where does your drive come from? What do you mean by drive? <laughs> your ambition, wanting to do these things and also wanting to do them perfect, really want you care about what you do. Well, my dad inspires me a lot because he works a lot. And so I want to be like him because he does everything really perfectly and everything has a place and a time for him. So I want to be just like him. Wow, that's very inspirational. And beautiful and fashionable like your mom. <laughs> yes. <Right? laughs> yes. 
Yes, I, I, that, that, that's probably a, a good match. He's right, isn't he? I know he's right. Um, I'm so happy that you mentioned your dad because I wanted to tell you that I thought one of the most beautiful things in your book, which I have to not cry, <laughs> um, that is on uh, the, the token of appreciation page. And it says, finally, my dad, who has the most patience in the world for dealing with all my big ideas. Yes, that's true. And I love that you said that. And I want to ask you something. Let's see if you know this, because you know a lot of things. How many books have been written and published by children under 10 years old? I need a research about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm here to, 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 to just make sure I'm checking on you, okay? There have been actually only eight. There have only been 58 books that have been published by children under 20, which is like sort of not children. They're almost grown-ups by then. But there's only eight, and I brought wow. you the whole list of them so, so you can check them out. Okay? So you're in a you're in a very unique club. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, so I wanted you to know that because you love to read, and that's something fantastic that'll take you, really you far. <laughs> so now we know a lot more about you, and people are gonna look you up and find out about your foundation and find out about your book. So where can people find you? So uh, for I Want My Ocean Back, my social media is at I Want My Ocean Back, and I have a website called, it's org. For Legends from Mom's Closet, you can find my social media, it's called at I Want My Ocean Back. You can find my website at com. You can buy my book online <laughs> on Barnes & Noble's Amazon, Target, and other websites. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of places to find her and a lot of things to see. And just one more thing, how do people support the I Want My Ocean Back? What can they do to help your cause? Well, you have to make sure that when you visit the beaches, you don't leave any trash behind and you clean, keep, and you keep everything clean. And I'll be having a book come out soon. Okay. Whoa. About that too? Yes. Okay. All right. Good. Is there a title yet? that you yes. can release? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> wow, you heard it first on the scoop on Miami. What is it? The Ocean's Miracle. Okay. Wow. Ocean's right. Miracle. Beautiful name. Well, thank you so much. You're the biggest little guest that we've ever had <laughs> and one of the most special people that I know. Thank you. And I'm really happy to see you and thank you so wow. much. <laughs> thank you. You're really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, thank you so much for visiting us on the scoop on Miami. We're touched and I know that you'll inspire many kids mm -hmm. and also adults that'll watch the program. Thank you, you're also really kind. Thank you, thank you so much. Okay, that's it. You got it. Yes, and we are back. What a touching night. Yes, I have the privilege of calling both of these people my, my friends. I actually know them, so it was really nice to put them together and see them and share all these great things about them, so, so you'll be their fans too. And I'm sure they have a lot of fans. <laughs> There's a lot more coming uh, on The Scoop on Miami. We've got Dimitri Zhitov, uh, and he is a, well, you, you got a little peek of him, but he's a very vibrant, dynamic, talented uh, uh, documentarian, filmmaker, photographer. So uh, we've got still a lot more to come on The Scoop on Miami. 
Still to come on The Scoop on Miami is the 305's hidden treasure. Still considering coming on our show? Hear what our guests have to say about us. Uh, well, before I say that, I just wanted to mention uh, your segment, Laney, on MacArthur Causeway. I spent a lot of time on the causeway and over in Watson Island, and it was very informative, and I really enjoyed the history lesson. Oh, thank uh, you. So that was, that was excellent. Hi, good afternoon. First of all, I just want to start by saying that that was a beautiful segment. Uh, very well done. Uh, thank you. Very, very nice and very accurate. Thank you. Thanks so for having much. me. Oh, it's um, it's just a thrill for us. Thank I'm you so, so much for celebrating the ball and chain and highlighting. Thank you uh, so much. The Cayocho story. By Bernie and Laney, I just want to thank you guys for everything you're doing for the community and the podcast. I know uh, it, it's just a fantastic job that you guys are doing. And I know that you're doing this right out of the bottom of your heart to promote a small business and, and uh, you know, Miami business and Miami in general. And uh, it, it's such a uh, wonderful, it's so wonderful to be here with you today. I mean, here you are doing all this and never once have you come up to me or any of the, I guess, all the other people and asked for anything. You're just doing it uh, for the community to get out there, to get the YouTube channel going. And it's, it's just fantastic work. So thank you so much. I'm Lainey Rada, a leading edge broker associate with Douglas Elliman. I have over 35 years of experience in market cycles to bring to every transaction, and I'm still alive. When you want to see how I sell 85% of my listings and the average agent sells 40%, we need to talk. I break records. The fastest sale, the most offers, the highest price per square foot. Which one do we want to accomplish? My company includes superior quality marketing to enhance your property and the worldwide exposure, which matters in Miami. If you want to buy, I'm a Miami native. I know the area extremely well. Put my negotiating skills to work. I'm the only Laney Rada in the world, so it's easy to find me but I'll help you. My phone number is 305-710-8558. That's 305-710-8558. Let's set up a time to talk. From this moment on, consumers will expect it and sellers will demand it. Cinematic video walkthroughs for all of your listings. Professional photography, cinematic video walkthroughs, on-camera video tours, and professional voiceover narration. I'm Ernie Emad, head of BlueHourStudios.com. Blue Hour Studios is a progressive visual and audio powerhouse producing high-end video and audio productions. Become an expert in your field with a professionally produced podcast from our studio in Coral Gables. Call Blue Hour Studios today to elevate your image and voice. BlueHourStudios.com We're back with more of The Scoop on Miami. Find our podcast on iTunes and on YouTube as a video. Our Facebook page and TheScoopOnMiami.com While there, don't forget to subscribe, share, and like our podcast channel. And now, here's Ernie Enad and Lady Rada. We are back to the Scoop on Miami. Don't forget, always, to like our channel, subscribe to it, follow it, and leave us a comment. Do you have any comments? Oh, we have a few comments, but you're catching me off guard. I did catch you <laughs> off guard, right? Yes. So we're going to read those at the yeah. end of the program. 
no question. We have a wonderful segment right now. It's with Dmitry Zhitov. Zhitov. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and he's a lot of fun. And we're going to now uh, take a listen to uh, Dmitry, what he's all about, and the interview that we had with him. and welcome to The Scoop on Miami. I'm the broker owner of One Premier International Realty and I'm standing along my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lainey Rada, Leading Edge Broker Associate with Douglas Elliman. Almost introduced you, right? <laughs> and we're actually standing next to Dmitry Zitov. Welcome to The Scoop on Miami. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I've been watching your shows and they're just amazing and I'm, it's my honor. Thank you. To be part of it. We are pleased that you have come to the Scoop on Miami. That actually we visited you, Thank you. at your studio. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Dmitri. Dmitri Zhitov is an award-winning documentary filmmaker, photographer, and author. He has earned multiple awards for Best Director, Best Film, and Best Cinematographer in national and international film festivals from Los Angeles and Miami to London and Madrid. Although interested in photography since he was a child, it wasn't until his mid-twenties when Dimitri's career as a documentarian began. Dimitri earned accolades with his first film, South Beach Heels. The success of this film inspired Dimitri to venture into other fields within the cinematic world. Dimitri has published a multi-century coffee table book called Faces and Voices of Cuba <laughs> uh, with a soundtrack which got a lot of recognition nationally and internationally. Dimitri has exhibited his work in the U.S., England, and Italy. Welcome to The Scoop on Miami. Thank you again, guys. Thank you. What accomplishments. <laughs> Hopefully more to come. Oh, I, I, Coronavirus, you know, froze us a little bit. We stopped, but we haven't stopped creating. You know, I've been working a lot on different projects, music videos, my new exhibition that is coming out soon in October about Paris. 
and my new documentaries are coming out so soon. I've been working and interviewing people. So it's been, you know, moving and shaking still. Well, thank goodness Corona slowed you down a little it bit. It did. Because it because look like you're when, yeah, when you, you know, when you're out there shooting and creating portraits and uh, films and music videos, sometimes you overload yourself with work. <laughs> so you need to slow down, you know, breathe and focus on something, you know, something that you really love, that you really want to accomplish. And I love filmmaking. And before coronavirus hit, I started making a documentary. Actually, I started making a new documentary four years ago. And then I found more people to, to get into the documentary, to interview them. And uh, now I'm editing it, so I'm very happy. Well, we're excited to see that work, <laughs> absolutely. So where were you born? And what type of environment did you grow up in? I was born in Siberia. Siberia is not Serbia. A lot of people get confused, like Serbia. Mm -hmm. Like No, it's Siberia. And it's in Russia, <laughs> far away, very close to Mongolia. And I grew up on a farm, beautiful place, forest. My parents have a house, a wooden house, Siberian house in the forest. <laughs> so they had animals, they still do cows and goats and horses and yeah. chickens and then some of we have a garden we work in the garden oh, we actually nice. eat we used to eat and my parents still do what we grow so nothing was bought at the store everything from the farm everything from the garden even honey because my parents are beekeepers as well so oh, nice. it's beautiful it's something that's very popular in america farm to table you've done that all your yes, life yes i grew up and but when i was growing up i always wanted to travel and to move somewhere else because when you grow up on a farm as a kid you really want to go somewhere else <laughs> that's you know? here. Yes. when you grow up you want to go back to the farm <laughs> and i think of siberia as cold but you freezing when you go outside uh in winter your eyelashes get in the ice cube because you you breathe and this warm air and then it hits your eyelashes and it freezes and when you close your eyes for a second you cannot open them so what i used to do when i went to school used to go to school i used to take my fingers put them on my eyelashes for a little bit and open my eyes because they I couldn't open them because they were icicles. Wow, yes. That was freezing. Yes. <laughs> that is very interesting. Um, <laughs> how did you decide to make Miami your home and how long have you been here? I've been here almost 18 years. Time flies. 18 or 19 years. When I was a teenager, I wanted to travel and I got a job on a cruise ship. I worked for a cruise ship for three years, sailing out of Miami in my 20s, and I fell in love with culture, multiculture, I would say, people, food, palm trees, just a beautiful, beautiful ambience, even though I was here just once a week when the ship was, you know, getting new, new passengers. And when my contract was over, I went back to Russia to a cold place and like, I want to get back to Miami and I got back here. How and did I, you break the news to your parents? I just told them that I love Miami, I want to travel and they had that feeling, you know, that I'm a traveler, I want to, you know, that I'll eventually I'll move out and live somewhere else. They were happy because I was living in a nice place, warm place and made a lot of great people, made friends. It's great to have your parents support. Yes. No, no question <laughs> about that. What other jobs contributed to your creative life? And is there a special person who's actually inspired you? I would say my mom. When I was a kid, uh, yeah, we were growing, I was growing up on the farm with my brother and we had to help my parents with animals and garden. But I was not, all, you know, I was not a good farmer. So I was a very creative child. I wanted to do something and my mom bought me a camera, a film camera. Wow. And we started taking pictures. So we were taking pictures, the old school, 
you know, developing the pictures in the like dark room with red light sure. and you know, seeing that image coming out in the paper, it was just so inspiring and so interesting that you could freeze that moment and you can have it for a long time because that moment will never come back. And we still keep those black and white pictures from the past. Yes. So my mom was a huge inspiration. And since then, I just fell in love with story, uh, storytelling. Huh. Telling a story either with an image, <laughs> with a film. Because I always tell them, um, when I talk, I, sometimes I teach filmmaking. And so I always tell that a film is uh, frames, right? You, yes, you, you, you take like 10 frames and it's going to be a film. But what's the most important thing is frame to start with, one frame. You can tell a story with a one picture or with a full feature film or a short film or with a music video. So I love storytelling. And that picture tells the story of Cuba. <laughs> yes, it does. I, I, her name is Hugalina and uh, we were driving along Cuba and I saw a lady smoking her cigar outside her wooden house and I fell in love with her. And I asked the driver to stop. I walked out of the car and I said, can I take your picture? She didn't speak any English. And she's like, mm, I like picture. And like, yeah. And I started taking your pictures. And I just fell in love. There are more pictures of her inside of the book, but. And then we spoke and the driver, he spoke English. So he translated and I learned her life and that she had a lot of children. Some of them live in the United States. Some, a lot of grandchildren, but she stayed in Cuba in her little wooden house with a lot of peaks in the backyard <laughs> and the ocean in the front. Oh, beautiful, it's like in the movies. Love her shirt. Absolutely. How did you think of making a multi-sensory book? To me, that was spectacular because not only seeing the pictures, reading, but the sounds are so important that take you there. When I lived in London, uh, and I was mm, 17, I think, 18, I lived there for one year, I went to a museum and I was touched because the museum were a lot of pieces of art, either a statue or picture or an installation and sounds, voices, music. So it was, I was immersed in the art and I was so touched. And when I started traveling, especially taking pictures, I thought, okay, picture is great, but what else can I do? Maybe I can record the sound of the lady Hugalina. I can record the sound of the bicycle taxi and people walking on the streets in Cuba because you'll never hear the same sound ever again, just in Cuba. Mm -hmm. Or a picture of a guy making coffee in this mm -hmm. little coffee shop. The lady selling things from the house, her voice, because every sound is unique. Mm -hmm. You know, people on the on the bus, so-called bus, you know, and I was recording the sounds. And I thought that everything started with an exhibition in Miami. I created an exhibition, multi-sensory exhibition. People were touched, people loved it, people were crying, especially Cubans, because I brought them back in yes. time with the sounds. Not only sounds, but not the sensory. I bring the food, the music, the dancers, cigar rollers. <laughs> it just, the whole Cuban community comes together. My goodness, when was uh, this? It was in 2016 in Miami. And will you be bringing that back? I hope to bring it back. Not I hope, I will bring it back because mm -hmm. it's, a, it's such a cultural night. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so special to Miami. 
no question about that. And the pictures are spectacular. It was very the successful colors. in Russia as well. well. I was amazed. I was invited to a very nice museum in Russia with this exhibition. People were inspired and loved it. And after that, I started creating more multi-sensory exhibitions. Trans-Siberian Express, I crossed mm -hmm. Russia by train. India, I went to India. The same thing, pictures, videos, and sounds. Paris, now my thing is Paris. I'm working on a new exhibition called Portraits in Paris. I've been to Paris, I think, three or four times, and I'm taking portraits of people on the street. Now I'm very comfortable to come up to a stranger and just take a portrait or create a portrait. I call it creating a portrait because we work together. Mm -hmm. We make friends, I record the sounds of the person. Sometimes I ask, tell me about yourself. So I, we, I get that short interview with the person. So when people go to my next exhibition, they'll be able to hear that voice and to learn something about the person I'm photographing. That's very special. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a perfect segue into the next question. How many movies have you made? And what's your, what's your favorite element about creating the movie? I started with broadcasting schools. When I went to broadcasting school, the project was to make a short project. So I started filming drag queens in South Beach at the bar called The Palace. Probably, you know, everybody heard about that place. It's still on. And when I showed my little part to my teachers, they said, it should go bigger. Think big about this project because it's so good. It's so inspiring in this, even this few minutes make a movie and I thought why not so I made a full feature film 83 or 82 minutes wow. I submitted to several film festivals and it was winning every single film festival it won about 30 or even more film festivals starting with Miami uh, Gay and Lesbian Film Festival Fort Lauderdale I took to Los Angeles to Maya to Milan to Madrid to Paris um, to uh, like all over and it was winning every single film festival how important teachers are in our lives and now you're giving back here to we go well. yeah and and uh then i thought maybe i just got lucky with the subject maybe i was a, just a good messenger mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and then i made another film another film then i was hired to do documentaries so i do documentaries for hire as well and of course i create my own documentaries whatever i like homelessness mm -hmm. i recently completed a new documentary about homeless people mm -hmm. i stayed basically on the street for two years walking around because I live in Miami downtown where you see a lot of unfortunate people and I just interviewed them. I got access to Camila's house. I worked with, closely with Camila's house, uh, make their videos and I interview people and eventually we'll make a documentary together. So this kind of subject, social issue subject, homelessness, LGBT, unequal um, rights, artists. I love telling a story shows <laughs> and what's your favorite element when you when you have to bring it all together i think interviewing because mm -hmm. i love talking to people and when you sit down it's not just okay you know tell me this and this and this no it's having a conversation it's the curiosity that brings it yes and that's what that's what gives them a, another element and they open up you know yeah. that's why i take my time i can come back for the interview and i interview a different way probably some people do it as well what I do is I I mic you first or whoever I'm interviewing I'm I'm already cameras are on but I'm already talking like, mm -hmm. how 
is everything? Mm -hmm. And while I'm talking, the person relaxes. Correct. And I set up the camera, and I'm still talking, and I set up the light. And when I finish, it's like, when is the interview? It's like, it's done. <laughs> yeah. Which is a, a it's done. Of a true it's profession. Great, yeah. It's done. Sometimes we can talk for several hours, and it's like, are you interviewed? Like, yeah, we've been talking for an hour. It's been an interview. Because they don't realize how it flows. Because when you set up the camera and we said, okay, now the interview, they get nervous. Yes. You know, especially when it's a documentary, when they have to open up and we have to talk about by then they something intimate about the camera. Exactly, they forgot about everything. Correct. That's why I love doing it one by one, you know, one on one without sound engineer, without light, nothing, just me, light, camera, and that's it. Two cameras now. <laughs> now I can afford two cameras. <laughs> What countries have exhibited your work? I've been to a lot of places. Um, I've been to Italy, Milan, uh, Italy, Milan, but it's <laughs> the same thing. Paris, London. Um, I've been to, uh, of course, all over the States, Russia, Cuba, Cuba. Not I worked on a project there. I haven't exhibited. I would love to, but it wasn't exhibited. But yeah, I love I love traveling with my art. You know, mm -hmm. I love sharing my art. That's why we, you know, we create to yeah. share, to get you know, the, to get the audience to look at your work and to talk to them. Mm -hmm. um, your films have a really special message that promotes social equity and activism for the LGBT community. Uh, I was wondering what positive changes that you've seen that have been, you know, come back to you for doing that. Since my first film, I still, I'm still receiving emails or text messages or uh, people uh, write on Facebook uh, commenting on my work. And one time it was in Key West, I exhibited my film. Uh, I showed my film in a film festival and then man, very tall, no hair, you know, very much a man came up to me and I got like, you know, literally scared <laughs> first. And then he started crying oh. and he said, thank you so much. Now I understand and he left. So oh, that was extremely that. touching. Yes. And another one, I got an email from my mother and her daughter used to wear boys clothes all the time. And she said, I never understood my daughter. I was fighting with her. I was buying her dresses. She never wanted to wear dresses. But after watching my, your film, I understood my daughter. And I understood what, you know, that sh a child or anybody can have the right to express themselves and to do, of course, up to the limits, whatever they feel like doing. If you want to wear jeans and a t-shirt, why not? And I accepted her and now we so close to each other. So that was also sweet. These little things that touch people. One comment, one, if you change one life, it means that you've done something good. That's right. That's what they say. Just one Cubans, yeah. they come to me about the book, they cry, oh. they oh. thank me. You know, my mom has a little bit of Alzheimer's at the beginning oh. stages and I'm gonna be seeing them tomorrow. And I know the reaction I'm gonna get from so or nice. even when I, when I share fun projects like India, when I bring India to Russia, they most of the people cannot travel, you know, money-wise, or right. it's far away from Russians, they don't make much money. But when I bring the fun night, mm -hmm. Indian food, Indian music, dancers, exhibit, my portraits, they just like, oh, we felt like we've been traveling all That's, night long with you. Thank you yeah. so much. And it's fun, you know. But I, I love that. <laughs> That I used to go to the library when I was a kid, and, and they would uh, f uh, the photographers would come and do these slide presentations, and that's how I got to love to travel because they would tell those stories. 
Yeah, because that's the only way you would reach something like that when you're little or when you're poor or when you're in a country that you can't get out of. I think we used Ectochrome 64 for that. <laughs> oh, the slide film. Yeah, the slide projector. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you have any special projects coming up that you want to tell about? Uh, right now, my new project, uh, Portraits in Paris, and I'm also um, doing a lot of portraits, and I'm so happy that tonight we're, we're going to create Absolutely. some portraits, guys. I, I have on my long, thick eyelashes. <laughs> and your makeup looks fabulous. Yes, we your had our hair. makeup. I look at this hair. I've yes. never had hair done like this. <laughs> That's another fun project. And, the, and I actually, I want to expand a little bit more with this project. I started it as a portrait day in Miami once a month where people can come to the place where I'm photo shooting a salon or a studio. I always let them know where it's going to be. And we create the images. My friend, great talented makeup artist, Abraham, he makes people camera ready. Transforms us. Absolutely. Either a guy or a girl. And then I'm doing headshots first. If you need a headshot, business person, headshots. Then I say, all right, because I always serve champagne and snacks and berries and cheese, I'm, you know, play music. It's like a get together party. Then I said, why not doing some portraits? Headshot, yeah, you can, you know, you can have a beautiful headshot, but portrait brings it, you know, to the next level. Mm -hmm. Then we get more creative. We change the light setup because I'm, you know, I, I, I have a lot of backdrops and I have a smoke machine. We create something out of this world. People love it. Yes. Theatrical, especially for actors or for whoever. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you want to give a present, and you buy somebody a photo shoot, and they come to us, and we create. And you can print it. You can hang it on the wall. You can use it in your social media. And you can feel like an actor at least. While and you can have so much fun. You, the pampering. Yeah. You can <laughs> be treated like, like a, a star. Like a star, That's and right. so much. I have a lot of. Boys who bring their moms, or yes. girls who bring their dads, or families, or yeah. parties. But now I started doing video portraits. Yes. That's something special. Video is big nowadays. Video is big. You can, you know, if you're an actor, you can talk about acting skills. If you are a showgirl, you can talk about your show, a show boy, talk about your show. If you are a real estate agent, if you are a photographer, or if, you, if you're just a person, you want to share your story in a minute. You're a, you're a salesperson for a major company. It's a great video to send out a short video as an introduction, as opposed to a business card. You're really on top of the game. Yeah. Oh, because when people see the video, they have a different connection with you. They connect, yes. they hear mm -hmm. how you move, how mm -hmm. you speak. Mm -hmm. It's like, Extra I want to sensory. meet that guy. Or if you, you know, want a portrait about yourself, just about your life, you know, one minute, it's a one minute documentary, come over and we'll make it happen. You know, it's so much fun. It brings it to the next level. And that happens so, once a month. That happens once a month. Beautiful. How can they find out about it? On my website, always dmitrizhidov.com, on my Facebook, Dmitry Zhidov, or my Instagram, the same thing, Dmitry Zhidov, D-A-M-I-T-R-Y-Z-H-I-T-O-D. Okay. Just Google my name and you'll find out about this wonderful event, Portrait Day in Miami. And I'm so happy you're here for Portrait Day Miami. We're very excited. <laughs> and to learn everything about all your creative processes and, and to see you. We're also excited that you left the best for last. <laughs> yes, so everybody left. Now we're going to take our time and create 
starting headshots professional they can you can use for your mm -hmm. business and they will go you know to the next level perfect okay. thank you so <laughs> much thank for being so on much. the scoop on my end thank you guys thank absolutely you. thank you so thank much you. thank you thank miami you. <laughs> yep we uh it was a great uh, uh great segment he's vibrant uh non-stop a lot of energy and we had a great time we did he's very dynamic you see that interview it's just flawless he does everything that way which is why he has so many awards and fans and his talents he's just really enjoying himself it's great to see somebody living a life that way yes you're not kidding all right, so when we come back, we've got the Miami the 305's hidden treasure from Laney Rada. And I'm going to read a couple of comments out. You stand by to the scoop on Miami. With hundreds of brokerages, thousands of agents, how do you cut through all the noise? One Premier International Realty, a boutique real estate brokerage located in Coral Gables, doing business the old-fashioned way. Putting people first. Buying, selling, or leasing residential and commercial properties in Miami-Dade, Broward, and Monroe counties? One Premier International provides each customer a high level of service and communication experience with full-time agents from around the world bringing their unique sense of business skills and a foreign customer base. One Premier International Realty. You've heard of private banking. Now experience private brokerage, a higher level of service and knowledge. One Premier International Realty, 305-669-0233, or go online to www.onepremierinternational.com. We're back with more of The Scoop on Miami. Find our podcast on iTunes and on YouTube as a video, our Facebook page, and thescooponmiami.com. While there, don't forget to subscribe, share, and like our podcast channel. And now, here's Ernie Enet and Lady Rada. Back live to our studio in Coral Gables, surrounded by red, white, and blue, as we get ready to celebrate tomorrow, the 4th of July. What do you have going? Oh, I, I don't even, I haven't even thought about that. I have scheduling. That's what I have going. <laughs> Always scheduling. Uh, you got it. Yes. Any comments? from this week yes we had um actually both of them were from our show last week that we really enjoyed and we're very proud of that uh one of them was from one of the guests on the show nicole gates she said wow thank you both so beautiful and professional so grateful and the other one is from somebody named Cindy. Uh, Cindy. Yes. She just watched the Overtown episode. Wow. I have been watching YouTube shows about Disney World, and they are downright dorky compared to the shows that you and Lainey produce. Thank you. That's Cindy from Minneapolis. Yes. Now I remember that you said she's from Minneapolis. So it does go everywhere. Yes. Correct? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So let's go with uh, the 305's hidden treasure. What do you have for us this week? Yes. Well, I just, I thought of something. I think that um, it's the torture French and since the guests are friends of mine that's something that I thought about and also because of the um, the marches and uh, protests and a lot of people meet at this location and I think that um, people might have forgotten what it was uh, built for so just to bring it to your attention and maybe you look a little closer next time I also learned we don't know why Cuba's not in there yeah very interesting here's Laney Rada's 305's 
Hidden Treasures. And now it's time for the 305, the 305 Hidden Treasures, Hidden Treasures with Lainey Rada. Miami is more than a gateway to the American cordiality. The torch of friendship was designated to have the significance of the Statue of Liberty. Located at 301 Biscayne Boulevard, it's a common meeting point for locals and tourists alike. It's also a popular place to hold demonstrations. It serves to recognize the city's perpetual friendship with Latin America. Built in 1960, the Keystone Patio has a wraparound 40-foot wall that contains 20 bronze seals representing the countries of Latin America and the Caribbean. There's Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Uruguay, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, El Salvador, Guatemala, Haiti, Honduras, Jamaica, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, Paraguay, Peru, and Venezuela. There is one missing space that was Cuba. It became politically incorrect to include it. There are actually 33 countries, so it's unsure how they decided on these 20. It was built to signify a passageway for immigrants. The torch sits atop an 18-foot pillar that has the symbol of the Great Seal of the United States, along with a caption to dedicate it the year it was built. It has a gas flame that never burned out as a welcoming beacon to new and old. The two-foot-high gas flame has long been neglected. The flame is the hidden treasure because it is missed. Supposedly a repair order has been on the plans for, well, years. I don't recall the last time I saw the flame. I doubt anyone in 1960 could have anticipated the huge Latin population that followed. In 1964, it was rededicated to President Kennedy after his assassination. Next time, you might look a bit closer when you pass by. It's a good segment considering everything going on, a little bit of freedom and a little torching, a little bit of everything. Yeah, the friendship aspect of it. I really do think that uh, with the intention of it, that they never could have imagined how many Latins are, you know, ended up inhabiting our city because it was, dedic it was built in 1964 and... Um, I, I don't have the exact number, but more, I think more than 25% of our population in Miami-Dade County is Hispanic, and they come from all of those places that are the emblems there. You know, years ago, I did some research, and um, the zip code with the highest density of Hispanics was uh, Weston. Mm -hmm. And, and Weston... Uh, I think has uh, in uh, after, at about the ten year mark when it was established. I think they had about twenty five thousand residents. So that's a lot for that small of a population. Mm -hmm. So we've come to the end of another scoop on Miami, and we thank you for joining us. We have a great program next week. It's one full hour with Ron McGill. We're going to be going to uh, Zoo Miami on Monday, yes. and we're going to be recording the entire hour there. Uh, we should have a tremendous amount of fun. He is just an incredible personality. 
He's very animated, and and uh, even the prefix of that word, he he speaks in animal language. You know the sounds of animals too. He knows all of them, and we're going to be in his office, which uh, you don't usually get to see. Uh, and the animals are under under uh, the social distancing protection also. So. Unfortunately, we don't get to see them, but we get to see Ron. Well, we're going to get a little bit of a carte blanche <laughs> to go through. You know that the, the zoo is uh, uh, having some tremendous uh, events some specials um, that start today, tomorrow, yeah. and Sunday. It's their 40-year anniversary. 40th anniversary. And Ron's so, been there the whole time. Uh, he has been there since it opened, so they get 40% off if you go to the zoo this weekend and $10 on Mondays. Um, and if you go there on Monday around 10 o'clock, wave <laughs> at us because we're going to be there at the zoo. Yes. So we look forward to seeing you again. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't, I can't think of anything else. I you can't can, think of anything else. You can always else. call us and we're all, we're still looking for, for you, for all of our exciting guests. Uh, I, I get a big shout out um, to Pittman Photo, right? Yes. Because he made uh, Michael Warner, made Ron McGill possible. Yeah. So but, thank yeah. you to Pittman one, Photo for setting that up for us. One step leads to another. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy your 4th of July. Be safe. Don't forget to have your masks on, that you uh, practice social distancing, and that hopefully we can start to recover even faster because the economy is added 5, 5 million new jobs. So that's great for those of you that are getting back to work and uh, getting back to receiving income and, and getting back to normal. So thank you so much. Take care, everybody. We hope you're entertained, informed, enriched, and proud to live in Miami. We have come to the end of another episode of The Scoop on Miami with your host, Ernie Emad, broker, owner of One Premier International Realty, and Lainey Rada, a leading-edge broker associate with Douglas Elliman. Thank you for riding alongside our journey. If you know of a special person doing wonderful things in our community or want your business featured, visit thescooponmiami.com and contact us. Find The Scoop on Miami on iTunes. Subscribe, share, and like our podcast channel. While there, leave a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And now you have The Scoop on Miami.